Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., as in Frank, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Thursday, August 8, 2019, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are in Chapter 4, We Agnostics, on page 46. We will be reading and commenting on the second paragraph, which begins with, much to our relief, and ends with, to all men. Today's readers are Nancy T., Carol R., Katie G., Leon B., and Becca R. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, August 7, 2019, are 13,244 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 13244 and 13,249 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 13249. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Nancy T. to read the OA 12 steps. Thank you, Rebecca. Good morning, all my visionaries. Nancy T. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Lewiston, Idaho. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters 
and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy T. I will now ask Carol R. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Thank you. This is Carol R., Recovering Compulsive Overeater. Good morning. One, the 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thank you, Carol R. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book in chapter four, We Agnostics, on page 46. We will be reading and commenting on the second paragraph, which begins with, much to our relief, and ends with, to all men. I will now ask Katie G. to go ahead and read that for us. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, my fellows. This is Katie G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic in Boston. Much to our relief, we discovered we did not need to consider another's conception of God. Our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach and to effect a contact with him. As soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence, 
a spirit of the universe underlying the totality of things. We began to be possessed of a, uh, with a new sense of power and direction, provided we took other simple steps. We found that God does not make too hard terms with those who honestly who seek him. Sorry, To us, the realm of the spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. It is open, we believe, to all men. And what did it take for me to admit, which means to let in, give entrance to the possible existence of a creative intelligence God, a spirit of the universe God, desperation, desperation, because I really was not driven to step two until I had an understanding of the darkness of step one, that I have no power, no choice, and no control with the food. You know, the, I take the bite and the bite takes me. Um, and, um, you know, I think that it's really important for me to look at God does not make too harsh terms with those who honestly seek him, right, discover him. And when I first read this, I was like, great, all right, I'm going to go seek God, right? I'm going to go to a temple. I'm going to go to a church. I'm going to go, no, okay, so provided, KDG, on the, on the condition, KDG, that you take other simple steps, okay? So this is not step 11 where I seek through prayer and meditation to improve conscious contact with God. This says, okay, your angle of approach, as soon as you can say you have no power, no choice, and no control around the food and your life is completely unmanageable, and you can concede that maybe, maybe there's something else. And, and notice it doesn't say, you know, that you need to have an idea. Does God doesn't make um, too hard terms with those who have a really solid understanding, Katie, of, of God. Like, I just need to seek him, right? He's not going to make hard terms if I seek him. So how do I seek him? How do I discover him? By uncovering, discovering, and discarding everything that's not me. This is not an intellectual program. All of us, all 400 or 500 of, of us on the line are very smart people. This is not a smart thing. This is, you know, I'm so desperate. I'm so mangled. I can't control. And, and yet the sun and the moon and the stars continues to operate. So there must be something bigger than me. And the best part, I love this promise. God's not going to make hard terms if I seek him. So as a recovered woman today, if I don't get that perfect 10-step turnaround, God's not going to make too hard terms with those who honestly seek him. God's there. All i got to do is get rid of the self and turn my head, and God is there for me. Um, and, you know, I ask myself today, like, Am I, how as a recovered woman today, am I seeking God? Am I seeking God with the desperation of a drowning woman? Or am I intellectualizing God? Am I saying, God, you know what? I, I know you've got the food. You've got, you know, this area of my life. But you know what? I, I've got this. And, and, and if I am, I will go backward through the steps and, and I will pick up the food again. Because God, must, for me today, God must be everything. And um, I just, I absolutely love this process and for me it is most important to remember i'll just wrap up with this that to make the approach i i get a contact with him yes absolutely but i need to seek him through the 12 steps through the 12 steps that's only how i find god and i look forward to continuing to walk shoulder to shoulder with all of you i pass. thanks katie g if you haven't shared on this meeting in the past couple of days and would like to share on the second paragraph on page 46 in the big book, please press star 1 to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Irene B. Irene B. 
Amanda S. Amanda. Nancy P. S. Nancy. Nancy P. P. Was that two different Nancys? I got I Rachel Nancy. K. C. Rachel K. There may have been two Nancys. Okay. Anybody else? Okay. So here's who I wrote down. Irene B, Amanda S, Nancy, I think C, and then maybe a second Nancy. Terry Anybody? C. Terry C. Anybody can Okay, maybe it was that, one Nancy. That was Nancy better P name is in Peter. That was Nancy oh. P is in Peter. Was it just one Nancy or two? Nancy I think P. so. No, I think just one. One P. I think uh, one just one. Nancy yeah. P. Thank you very much for clarifying. I also got Rachel K after Nancy P and then Terry and I didn't write down your last initial. But I'll get it later, I guess. Okay, was there someone else who wanted to get in the in line or no? Okay. Sounds like I've got y'all. Linda D. Irene. Linda D, I'll add your name and we'll stop there. Okay. So Irene B, Amanda S, Nancy P, Rachel K, Terry, and Linda D. Irene B, go right ahead. Thank you so much for your service. I am Irene B. I recovered bulimic from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, I love that we're talking about God, and I keep saying that, that it's important. It's the, the cornerstone. It's the foundation. I knew that as an adult, as an intellectual being, I sought God. I looked for God. I wanted a relationship with God. I wanted to be close to God. But I couldn't do it, and I did not know why. And I think there were a number of factors why I couldn't do it. And one of those was that um, I talked about, you know, my self-reliance. Like, yes, I knew how to pray to God. Eventually I learned. But I needed to stay connected with him. So the only way I know how to do that is to talk to him throughout the day for him to be my companion. But the biggest puzzle, the one that eluded me even further, is that it says you are to reevaluate everything you think you believe. All your preconceived notions, all your prejudices, let him go. You got to let go of all that stuff. And for me, um, I didn't think I had any because, and then I remembered that uh, somebody told me that whatever happened when you were young didn't matter. And then all of a sudden I remembered that God was not there for me. I saw him as a child, and he seemed to be oblivious to my prayers. And so I thought, you know what, that was my conception as a child, that, that God didn't care about me, that he wasn't interested in me. And I thought, what if there's a part of me that's still thinking that, you know, and that sounds crazy, but, you know, um, they say to let go of all preconceived notions. So I said, okay, I'm going to let go that that's crazy too, that that's important. So I started talking to people about God. 
in understanding that just because I didn't see God doesn't mean that he wasn't there. That as a perception of a child, God was probably protecting me the same way he does today, but I wasn't aware of it because I didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. And I firmly believe that today. But I had to dig and dig and dig. You know, what do I believe about this God? It's like this God was cruel, punishing, and accepting the God of my childhood. That's what he was to me. And he was scary, and he didn't care about me. Mm. And then I just decided to seek him out and to talk about it. And I have a therapist, <laughs> and all of a sudden, I processed this, and I had a spiritual experience. The tears that wouldn't come came, and then I felt light as a feather. And that is a result of me seeking him, throwing everything I know aside, and just going with it. Trust and faith, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Irene B. Amanda S. Good morning. This is Amanda S., recovered compulsive overeater in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And what really stands out for me in this paragraph um, are the different words that are used for this concept of God. Um, So this paragraph is telling us that we don't need to consider others' conceptions of God. We just need our own conception to make a start. And um, in this paragraph, three different names for God are used. And we know that they're names for God because they're capitalized. So creative intelligence, spirit of the universe, realm of the spirit. And actually on this whole page, there are three more additional words used for God, God, power and supreme being and something that was really helpful for me in letting go of my prior conceptions of God were trying on different names for God. Um, I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school from kindergarten through high school. I then went to a Presbyterian college. And when I came into the program, I was going to a non-denominational Christian church And so I had this conception of God and these names for God. And to me, God kind of looked like Dumbledore. Um, It was this high, mighty idea. And so something that was really helpful, um, I hear that someone is unmuted. Um, uh, Just this idea that I could try on different names for God because this idea of using the name God brought an image to mind that wasn't really one. Oh, we can't hear you, Amanda S. And there was some background noise that sounded like water. Amanda S., are you still there? I'm still here. Can you hear me? Oh, yes, I do hear you. Sorry about that. Okay, thank you. Um, I just wanted to say I tried on different names for God um, until I landed on one that really felt right. And it actually is not God. Um, The name that I call God um, that I really feel connected to is I am um, because it feels very broad and inclusive, but yet 
not pigeonholed, not this certain image. It is imageless. It's big. Um, So I just want to encourage you that if you're having a different time connecting with God, try on different names for God as a way of, of trying to connect. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amanda S. Nancy P. Hi, this is Nancy P. Thanks for letting me share. Um, So it's a good thing that God doesn't make too hard a bargain with those who earnestly seek, because I didn't know what the heck was going on with me. I mean, I had been in this program unsuccessfully or unhappily, I should say, since 1971. And all I could ever see around me was other people that seemed to get it. And I spent years and decades saying, how come her and not me? And what I saw was thin women, which I wanted, but more than that, I saw happy women, women that loved each other, you know, women that were just seemed happy, joyous, and free. And I always said, how come her and not me? How come her and not me? And I thought it was a a deficit in myself, but what it really was, was that I had no idea about what it took to get there. And I used to cry and cry and cry and say, you know, please, please help me to to a higher power that I didn't believe in. And when I was finally brought to my knees and I called a friend and I said, I don't know what to do, then I found, you know, a way in. And, you know, I thought these steps were going to go in real time. Like I would come to believe, you know, that I would admit that I was powerless and all that. I mean, that did sort of happen in real time. I was sort of baffled like a a boxer at the 12th round. I was sort of standing there punch drunk. Um, But the rest of it didn't happen in real time. I read the chapters and I went through with the sponsor, but nothing really happened until I got through uh, the ninth step. um, But what I can say is that, you know, my higher power did not make a hard bargain. I was earnest, and therefore I received in great measure, just like it says, you know, even though it's not like I'm not praying for myself or whatever, I just received everything in great measure. And I have had, I have been safe and protected for over two years, and, or almost two years, I should say, and more than safe and protected. I've been, the obsession to eat the issue for food as a problem or a solution doesn't exist for me anymore. It just has been removed completely. And I don't need to worry about that anymore. In fact, I don't worry about it. I can go anywhere. I can do anything. And, um, and it, doesn't, it just doesn't affect me. And that is just such a miracle. And the way that I got to where I am is I had to tear apart everything that I ever knew or thought I knew or didn't know or anything that I even perceived could be related to a higher power and say, what do I want God to do for me and what do I want God to be for me? And, and so I chose a gentle God. And this program says I can do whatever I want. And, and I did whatever I want. And I had a program, a relationship with a higher power that worked for me. And I no longer have the obsession to eat. And I work on my problems in the same way, in real time. And, and you know, my life is second to none. I mean, I ran, a, I, you know, I'll wrap up with this. And, you know, I'm sitting, standing in Paris right now. And I ran out of the restaurant with my family and I ran out to take this call and I'm going to go back in there. And I'm just so grateful for everything. So if you haven't surrendered, call me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Rachel K.
This is Rachel Kay uh, from California, compulsive overeater. Can you hear me? Yes. Good morning, Rachel. Oh, good morning. Good morning. I uh, don't believe I've shared on this meeting before. I'm just so grateful uh, for these meetings. I've been absent for about 19 years, um, but these meetings have absolutely been a shot in the arm for my program, badly needed shot in the arm. And I love this paragraph because um, because it lets me have, I can let go of when I talk about God, what people think of me, you know, am I being, you know, are they offended because I'm being gender specific? Are they not offended? Can I, I can just, God can be whatever my conception of him can be. And I was discussing with uh, a sponsee the other day that step two doesn't say came to believe in a power greater than ourselves. Um, Because I always believed in God. I just, it says came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And because she was struggling with believing in a higher power um, and her conception of God but she didn't, I explained to her, you don't, you don't really need to believe in God. You just need to believe that a power, whatever it is, can restore you to sanity. You don't even have to believe in that power, just that a power could restore you to sanity. And uh, I think that's a, a, you know, it sounds like a minor distinction, but I think it's a pretty big one. And, um, and having praised you know, this meeting and, I, you know, I love the big book and the steps and I believe in working the steps in order, I'm about to commit, uh, you know, step blasphemy and say that I kind of did three before two, step three before two. I, like I said, I always believed in God. I just wasn't so sure or understood why he wasn't restoring me to sanity because I was in this program for 15 years before I finally got abstinent 19 years ago. Um, but I just started following the instructions, uh, in the big book and started working the steps and I was getting abstinent. I was not face down in the food and I'm a low bottom compulsive overeater. I was not face down in the food every day. Um, and so how could I not believe it was like, well, God was obviously doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. How in the world, I knew it wasn't me, it must be a power greater than me restoring me to sanity. It, it, it couldn't be anything else, and that's how I came to believe. So uh, anyway, um, I feel like I've been talking for a while. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, everyone, doing service on this meeting, and I'll pass. Thank you, Rachel Kay. Terry C. And while Terry's unmuting, I'll just let the new people on the line know that we're on the Second paragraph on page 46, we will, um, much to our relief. Go ahead, Terry C. Thank you. Good morning. This is Terry C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New Jersey. The, uh, this paragraph, it struck me this morning that the end of this paragraph, uh, the last couple of sentences, were my invitation, um, my invitation to become one of you to become people that I was listening to, that I heard, that 
had this relationship with a higher power and they actually had a relationship. There was a, an exchange. There was a, a, a faith and a love and a belief that was exchanged between them and their God. And I didn't know what that felt like. Um, and I, the best way I can explain that I didn't know what that felt like and I didn't know that was achievable was probably pretty much what the, um, the, uh, the groundwork that's laid to help me understand before I do the fourth step, my resentment. Because at the top of 66, it says, the usual outcome was that people continued to wrong us and we stayed sore. Kind of that was my relationship with God, I think. Um, I really didn't see the goodness and the God in my life because I saw the badness and the punishment in my life. I was looking at it so wrong. Um, but when I read and I read today that the realm of the spirit is broad, roomy, and all-inclusive, I have that feeling that maybe that can include me. Never exclusive. So that surely means I can claim my seat and I can have that relationship. And it's not forbidding. No one's going to not permit me from having a relationship with God. It just tells me that I have to earnestly seek him. And I'm here today because I've had that experience. I have a relationship with God today because I understand that seeking him is really my responsibility in having a relationship with him. That's seeking him on a continual basis. And that doesn't mean that I don't have an understanding of God. That means that my understanding of God will grow if I continue to seek him and my relationship with him will grow. Um, just trying to get my, my bearings here. Someone's unmuted. But um, the last thing I guess I want to share is remembering uh, my experience earlier in recovery when someone said, had told their story, and it was a story of sheer terror and sadness from the time that they were a toddler. At the end of her story today, she said, today I know that God loves me more than I love my own children. And I was a mom at that point. And the depth of that love was understandable to me, even a little hard to imagine, actually. But the fact that she had such a conviction towards God's love for her was the seed was one of the seeds that was the beginning of my relationship and the bottom of this page where I believed it was open to all men. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Terry C. Linda D., and then we'll take more names. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Good morning, Linda D. Um, hmm. So many thoughts in my mind. I can only tell you how I felt at the beginning. I didn't want to hear the word God. And I didn't want to hear He. But I did want that creative intelligence and the spirit. And so I, I had a lot of conflict. But I was crushed. And it was really ugly and I was terrified and I was more terrified of where I was than of finding you know trying the program and so I just happened to overhear I know it's not a coincidence now someone say to someone 
ask God to show you that he's real beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I thought, can you do that? So I didn't know what else to do, so I did that. Show me that you're real. I did that a lot. And I was told to look for coincidences. I talked to this whatever, and stuff happens. After a while, I got the drift, and then pow, I got a white light experience. It was spectacular. And I still needed a lot, a lot of training, a lot of healing. And I needed, and I need the 12 steps. Years later, I was shown a prayer from inside, because by now I knew God was inside as well as outside. And the prayer is something I'd like to share. I don't think I've shared it before. Please, I was talking to God, I wrote it down. Please, God, take me out of spiritual ignorance. Whatever you want to teach me about you, me, and the universe. I signed it, I dated it, and it saved my life, and it brought me to visions and all of you. And for that, I'm eternally grateful because I'm recovered for five and a half years. That is astonishing. Thanks. I pass. Thanks, Linda D. Okay, who else who hasn't shared in the past couple of days wants to share on the second paragraph on page 46? Paula F. Paula F. Reva P. Reva P. Anne Marie M. Anne Marie M. Barbara P. Barbara P. Okay, we've got Paula F. Reva P, Anne-Marie M, and Barbara P. Paula S, go right ahead. Thank you, Paula S. Very, very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, I love the section of that paragraph that says, to us, the realm of the spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive, or forbidding. To those who earnestly seek, it is open, we believe, to all men. And for me, when I first read this chapter many years ago, in my early 20s, and I'm in my late 50s now, I, I thought, why am I reading this chapter? I believe in God. You know, I was raised to a, in a specific religion, and I had very many spiritual awakenings in that you know, specific religion and feeling very close to God. But for some reason, as much as I went to confession and had people pray over me, my relationship with food was a nightmare. And I couldn't understand why I couldn't be like other people uh, that could fast in between meals or fast on the holy days and, you know, leave food on their plate. And why all of a sudden, you know, had, had I changed? So I had to develop this new relationship with the God of my understanding. And I have to say, I don't always go to my place of worship anymore. There have been things over the years where I go for a while but I still don't feel God's presence the way I feel God's presence when I'm on these meetings and talking to people in this fellowship. It's a totally different feeling. There's no judgment. There's no criticism. There's no, you need to do it this way or that way. Um, and it, it's, it's such a beautiful thing. And now when I read this chapter, I can relate to every section of it. You know, my questioning, my wondering, 
comparing, you know, making the list of all the terrible things that are happening in the world in the in the past and right now, and why did God take away both my parents? Last year they both died in the same year. You know, all that stuff. And when I came into this program, I was pretty sick. I might have had the food down, but I still hadn't really, really digested step two. And this chapter, for me, is about step two, you know, um, came, coming to believe that a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity. And yes, my God is a, is a non-judgmental God. However, in that new relationship, I totally respect my body now and what I put in it. Uh, even on my food plan, I, I make sure I get foods that are healthy. Uh, I could very easily manipulate it and, and try these new fad things that are out there, but I don't because for me, my body today is God's temple. You know, that's what I believe in, in my belief system. So I'm just so grateful to share that today that, you know, I didn't have to be an atheist or an agnostic. I could be someone that was raised a certain way and did believe in God, but had my expectations of God that were not being met. So therefore, losing faith in that respect. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thanks, Paula F. Reva P. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Um, a couple of things struck me. You know, as we're reading this paragraph, I'm thinking about the paragraph before because I thought that step two was about defining and comprehending and having a very solid conception of God. And it was like almost an intellectual exercise. I could write it out and say, okay, here is my concept, and now I believe, and I'm done. You know, step one is I'm powerless. Step two, I found the power. Like, I'm almost finished. But what I understand now is that step two is just me needing a power because I have made such a mess of my life, um, and especially the food when I got to step one. Um, And this business of seeking, you know, seeking implies action. And seeking is something when it comes to the spiritual part of the program, like I'm never finished. Um, Even when I get to step nine, or not nine, um, 11, and I access the power, like it's a constantly recycling um, and doing this work over and over. Um, But what's striking me the most is, Um, The seeking can be so simple, like it says, but very, very practical. So when I was in the detox, just letting go of my binge foods, ingredients, and behaviors, seeking God was just knowing that willing myself um, at the table was not going to work. And seeking God could be as simple as saying, help, help, what do I do? I'm at a buffet, how do I do this? Um, Making a phone call saying, help. And seeking now is, you know, doing the step work so that I let go of all of my gook so that I can get guidance um, from something bigger than me. Um, And it's very practical. How do I um, plan a wedding for my daughter? I do the step work and I get guidance and God becomes like a marriage uh, wedding consultant. And how do I do this at work? I do the step work um, because I need um, power because I can't handle things. And then God becomes a work consultant and shows me how to do it. And I get directions and guidance and power. Um, But it's very specific and very practical and I'm never finished. 
And I think that's all I wanted to share, and I pass. Thanks, Reba P. Anne-Marie M. Hi, this is Anne-Marie M., gratefully abstinent through God's grace, and it's always through God's grace. I appreciate this paragraph, and I am... had an epiphany or a light bulb moment. I like to think of it as another spiritual experience, though I've had many spiritual experiences. And I realized that I was working step two as came to believe that Anne-Marie could restore herself to sanity. And that was just a, a great awakening for me to see that that's what I was doing. It is told to me, you know, that we can't do this program on our own, but yet when issues came up and problems occurred, I very, very often thought, just like Jim, um, nothing serious. You know, in Jim's story, he said he had some words with the boss, but nothing serious. And for me, uh, many times when things come up, it's not that big of a deal. I can handle it, you know. Um, Anne-Marie will restore herself to sanity, and uh, that has not worked. That has not worked at all. And I also heard on this line um, previously shared this morning that I need, um, for me, I needed to change my perception of the God of my understanding, and I'm really grateful for that. There was a while there uh, when I was trying to get, uh, change, changing the God, you know, and making a God that would work for me, and I know that is so helpful for so many people. It's a great suggestion. And what I found, though, was that my perception of the God of my understanding, the God that I love, needed to be changed. The change had had to be in in me. So that was um, much to my relief. I was very glad that I was able to change my perception of God. And so grateful for this program. You know, this I too believe that this book was divinely written. And, you know, it was already pointed out that there's so many different words, creative intelligence of the universe, that we can use for God. It does not have to be the same God. And that has been so helpful to so many people that don't have a God when they come in here. So, um, and I guess that's what this chapter is all about. So I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Anne-Marie M. Barbara P. And then we'll take more names. Good morning. This is Barbara P., very grateful, compulsive overeater, uh, recovered today, and amazed and, and just incredibly grateful to be in that state today because I didn't, I didn't come in with any kind of God, and I really didn't want a God and all of that. So I, I was the agnostic, but as I work with people today, I realized, too, it, everyone sort of needs the directions that this gave me, but this page turned around completely turned around my spiritual life. And it, it was very simple. The paragraph before told me, all you have to do, Barb, is lay aside prejudice, just put aside your old ideas and express a willingness. But for decades, in a way, I had done that. And so I just, I kept thinking that my chronic relapsing was because I just couldn't get this faith thing. That's what I would call it, this faith thing. I just couldn't get it. 
But this tells me as soon as I do that, we commence to get results. The chapter that we read, the sorry paragraph we read today, though, really tells me the how-to. And it, what it says is that, I love this middle line, as soon as we admitted the possible existence, so that's all I have to do. I can stop sort of right there on step two. The possible existence, as soon as I admitted that, we began to be possessed of this new power. Well, I wasn't feeling it, provided we took other simple steps. That was the caveat I kept missing. Um, it, belief wasn't enough. Willingness wasn't enough. Laying aside even my old ideas wasn't enough. When, it, when I got on vision, it really changed my thinking because it showed me provided we took other simple steps. That action was required. And that I just didn't know. I thought I had been doing the steps. But what it told me, I worked with a, a big book guide who was just amazing. And she said, trust the process. If you can't trust this God, like this God thing isn't working for you yet, that's okay. Just trust the process. And taking step three and saying, okay, I'm willing to go to four and I'm willing to go to five and six and seven and so on. So I don't know, this just turned around everything and it is so broad and roomy. And today I do have a relationship with a higher power that really works for me. I'm incredibly grateful and I'm as amazed as anybody else because I just I just thought that was never going to happen. Thanks. And with that I pass. Thank you, Barbara P. We read the last paragraph on page forty six and we have time for some more shares. Anybody wanna type in? Natalie M. Natalie This is Larry. Larry. Josiane S. Craig, yeah. Say that. Okay, wait a minute, Craig. Nobody else talked, but the person before Craig. Could you say your name again? Yeah, it's Josiane, J-O-S-I-A-N-N-E. And the last initial? S. S is in Sam. Yes, thank okay, you. Okay, thank you. I've got Natalie M., Larry K., Josiane S., and if there's time, Craig S. Go right ahead, Natalie M. Thank you. This is Natalie M. from California, and I found that um, one of the tools in the program was really helpful in discovering um, God in my life, um, the journaling. Um, I wasn't able to believe that God really cared about me or was active in my life until I just started jotting for just a minute or two in the evenings. How has God been active in my life? If I looked, where was he present today? and starting to just kind of focus on that a little bit each day. And that really helped me discover that um, God is indeed very active in my life and I can depend on him more. Um, and that's it. Thank you. Thank you, Natalie and Larry Kay. Larry, you probably thought you had more time, but Natalie was quick. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't think I was, uh, I thought I was unmuted. Um, it isn't enough to simply acknowledge, thanks. It isn't enough to simply acknowledge the presence of a higher power. If it was, then anyone that had a, a theological affiliation would be safe and protected from addiction, and they're not. The big book is, is going to give me a reminder that clearly freedom is not free. It says, provided we took other certain steps. It's giving me a contingency here because we know that faith without works is dead. 
if I don't become immersed in, uh, in, in a life of service and self-sacrifice for others, I'm not going to be able to navigate the rough spots without food. Here's the rub. We cannot organically engage in, a ser in service and self-sacrifice without a spiritual awakening. In other words, without this internal restructuring as the result of the steps done in order, done abstinently, the service and self-sacrifice that I engaged in was inorganic. It was selfishly given. It was unsustainable without food. The spiritual awakening comes about by abstinently engaging in the step work of complete deflation, step one. Dependence on God, steps two, three, six, seven, ten, and eleven. A moral inventory, step four. Confession, step five. Restitution, eight and nine. And then continued work with others in need, step 12. If there's a shortcut, if there's a pill, some technique, some you know, magical approach to get there, please share that with the world. I haven't found one. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Larry K. Josie Ann S. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, this is Josie Ann S. in New York. I am in the process. Thank you so much for your service. And I'm nervous. I've never spoken before. And... Um, I am actually reading this chapter, um, you know, with my sponsor, and um, I had a conversation with her that, you know, about my God, my conception of God, and she just kept saying, believe, you know, here, these people that believe, your belief will come, and um, this particular paragraph gave me hope and and I felt it in my heart that I've always had a god and I don't even have to get rid of all that god it's just my my ideas and conceptions that were not good that god was out to get me growing up um I can get rid of that idea and hold on to like someone said that god loves me more than I love my own son and um and i'm seeing that i'm seeing that i mean there is um like i said i don't know and sometimes i uh get scared of the process um you know when i hear all the steps in succession and but that's okay i can stay in today today um and even step 2 is so much it's like um, how do I jot down? It's like I want to write the whole paragraph, There's the whole chapter. There's so much in there. and um, But again, I am learning to sit down and ask God to direct my thinking and my writing and what, what I need to see and what I, I don't. And, um, you know, I'm new to this. I found a number. I was here couple of years ago, I've been searching and searching. I've been in the room since 1998, and I tried working. As the, I just could not. My intellect was in the way, and, um, you know, I was trying to understand God, and I, how could I, you know, otherwise it's not God. And um, and I want to speak up, you know, give people who are new hope, because I've been here around three weeks, and I um, I have hope today. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Josie Ann S. 
Craig F. Hi, thank you. This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, you know, like many people, uh, I overcomplicate things. Um, you know, and I overcomplicated this second step and the third step. The, the step simply says we, that we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. It didn't say that we had to be restored to sanity right then. It didn't say that we had to uh, define, uh, advertise for, write a one ad for God. It didn't say we had to know uh, exactly what God's face looked like. Uh, uh, it, it said that I just had to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. And You know, much is made in, uh, in these rooms of the set-aside prayer, and this is a good place for it, you know, to set aside what I think I already know so that I can have a new experience with God uh, is an important part of coming to believe that God could restore me to sanity and, and, and or that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. If I can, because a lot of times what gets in my way is that old relationship that hasn't been working when it came to food. So I need a new experience. And, and I want to share one other thing when it comes, a couple other things that help me um, when it comes to, to um, seeking God. You know, sometimes one of the things that gets in, people's way is this uh, idea of God's gender and you know coming from a uh, a Christian background and a, and a, and a very uh, Christian faith uh, I, I was uh, in a in a study one time with a guy who was a scholar a Bible scholar and he said he said that we we uh, a lot of times look over the fact that in the in, in 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 the Old Testament, that there were 52 pre pronouns used to describe God, and the pronoun is like he, she, it, they, and he said a third of those were masculine and gender, and a third were feminine and gender, and a third were were genderless, you know, they, and and he said we, you know, we don't know, you know, that God, that in his opinion, God transcends that uh, idea, and I know that that. Um, I think that helps people. It helped me some to, because we often put our own father's face on the uh, uh, on God. You know, it's not just an old man with a white beard, but we we learn about our relationship with this power by uh, our relationship with our parents. And so, by de taking that away and realizing that I'm de dealing with something that transcends um, human reason. Um, uh, gave me um, a, a different perspective. And the last thing I want to say is from the, what, that I heard a story one time that I, is it time? It is, but a, we only have one more minute, so you may as well use it. All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. This, uh, uh, um, here's the story. Uh, the guy said, imagine, if you will, uh, a large field and there's a tower in the middle of the field, and people are scattered all around it, and they're they're blindfolded where they can't see where they're going, and they're told to find the tower, right? And so they keep shouting to one another, you know, somebody finds the tower, and they said, I went east and I found the tower, and and go east. Well, 
that worked for everybody that was west of the tower, but it didn't work for the people that were already east of the tower or north or south. And if you're north of the tower, you have to go south, and if you're south, you have to go north. And 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 what that means is that uh, you know we're all scattered around this thing called God, and and we have to go towards God, not the the same direction as everybody else shouts necessarily. We just need to go towards God. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Craig F. Well, thank you everyone for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Thursday, August 8, 2019, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 13,254. That's 13254. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Leon B. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Leon B. Are you there? Becca R., are you there? This is Leon B. Can you hear me? May I be heard? Uh, yes, Leon. We hear you now. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, this is Leon B. from Simpsonville, South Carolina, gratefully recovered. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.